Matthew in chapter 7. I told you we'd go back and cover this passage again. Uh, we covered it last week because the, the text, if you will, is a text of, uh, first and foremost, to the disciples. Uh, but of course, the multitude is listening, and Jesus has a, an amazing way, which, you know, He's God, so it wouldn't be surprising, of taking passages and sometimes meaning, sometimes striking more than one group. Which is why often uh, preachers struggle with application, because you want the right application, but you don't want to apply it so narrowly that the Word of God doesn't apply to the people of God as God intended. Uh, so one of the things of application is making sure people are listening. But obviously the broad gate and the narrow gate and the broad way and the narrow way also cannot, we cannot go through this without preaching the gospel. Uh, and we know it's not just talking about uh, for the disciples it would be a wasted life or an abundant life, but for a lost man this would be perdition, hell or eternal life in heaven. So we're going to look at the two gates the two ways, and the two destinations. So two gates, two ways, and two destinations. Matthew in chapter 7, going to read two verses, verses 13 and 14. Enter ye in at the straight gate. Now remember, straight does not mean, there's two words for straight in the English language. Okay, S-T-R-A-I-G-H-T means straight. Not crooked, okay? This word, S-T-R-A-I-T in the English language, and as it was intended in the original language, does not mean that. It means narrow, um, even including the idea of hard to find. So some of you might be familiar with that, like uh, here in the West, a box canyon uh, that has a very narrow entrance, or a canyon that has an entrance that you could walk by 14 times and totally miss it. So it's that idea. Uh, But we'll look at that in a minute. So again, verse 13 Enter ye in at the straight gate, for wide is the gate, and broad is the way that leadeth to destruction. And many there be which go in thereat, because straight, that makes more sense now, right? Hard to find, narrow, harsh is the gate, and narrow is the way which leadeth unto life. And few there be that find it. Father, we thank you. Lord, we'd ask now that you would bless uh, the message and the, your work this morning. Please, we ask for your, your work amongst us today in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you. You may be seated. <clears throat> I have grown a, a great dislike for the little blue bumper sticker that says, coexist. And what they, they, they don't mean by that, can't we all just get along and be nice? What they mean is, we all are going the same direction, leave me be. I've got my religion, you've got yours, we're all going to the same place or whatever. And that's wrong. Okay, wrong. Broad gate. A broad way. What does that mean? There's room for everyone. 
Everyone can go this way. As a matter of fact, everyone is going this way. It pretty much says that in the passage, that many there be which go in thereat, and few is on the other one. So there's only two gates. There's only two choices. God didn't present a third. There's few that go in at this narrow and hard gate, and there's everybody else going in at the broad gate. Broad. It's, the whole idea behind this is it's, it's easy to find. It's obvious. Okay? It's obvious. Now, that would be obvious to the carnal, obvious to the fleshly. It's easy to travel. Okay? It doesn't take any trouble to find it or trouble to walk it. It's, it doesn't take any thought to get there. You just go with the flow, if you will. You get the connection? And when you look at a broad gate, then you understand why people have this idea of coexist. We're all going the same direction. You hear that? Why can't we all just get along? And you understand that when you have a broad gate, you can literally have some people that will only follow in one lane in the broad gate. They're very narrow-minded, they're very moral, they're very good people, but they're still, they have not found the narrow gate, the straight gate. They have just created a narrow pathway in the broad gate. There's room for that. So there's room for the, the Buddhist and the Confucianist and, the, and, the, and the, you know, the Shiites. And I mean, well, that's just, they're a religious tribal group in many ways. There's room for Muslims and there's room for Catholics. There's room for Baptists. There's room for any particular realm of religion that wants to exist in the broad gate or those who don't want any religion. They can just flit around and go wherever they want. They can do whatever. That's pretty much what the broad gate implies. You can do what you want. We're all going to the same place after all. Now, I want you to think about that. How many times have you heard, matter of fact, I just heard it this morning talking about one of our, one of our uh, local religions knocking on a door and saying, oh, you know... Our Jesus is the same as your Jesus. No, he's not. No, he's not. And you, you hear the appeal? We're all going the same direction. Can't we just get along? You hear that? Everyone's going to the same place. Let me tell you, the 99.99% of all religions in the world fit inside the Broadway. They all have their own definition or their own version or their own way to, the way to put forward, including people that don't like church, by the way, people that don't go to church, they all fit under this general heading. Well, I believe I just got to be a good person. So I'm just going to be a good person. Well, I think I'm a good person. And you hear this say, well, I don't have to go to church to be a good person. Well... In the Broadway, that's very true, isn't it? If you're on the Broadway, you can go to church or you can spend your time at the bar. You can, you can, you can be a person who prays every day or you can be a person who is consumed with rock concerts all day. I mean, there's no end to it. You can be on drugs or you can be a teetotaler. There's room for you in the Broadway. You can be a person who, who makes sure that you only dress like the Amish. Or you can be a person that don't believe you have to wear any clothes at all. There is room for you on the Broadway. You hear what I'm saying? Everybody here? 
It was interesting watching these big national groups of, of uh, churches that are starting to form back together again. For doctrinal reasons, many people broke off the Catholic Church. There was only about two churches at that time, ours and theirs. <laughs> and that's historically proven, by the way. I don't have to spend a lot of time on that. But we, the, the, line of, the line of churches that this church uh, claims has never been a part of the Catholic Church. Never been a part of the Catholic Church. Always separate. But the Methodists, they can't say that. The Lutherans, they can't say that. The Presbyterians, they can't say that. The Anglicans, they can't say that. And they all broke off because of doctrinal reasons, and now these big, huge organizations are kind of joining back up and shaking hands again with the Catholic Church, saying, you know, we're all just kind of teaching the same thing, going the same direction anyways. If all religions in the world are going the same direction anyway, that's an automatic clue from this passage that they're not going the right way. If it's always about something I can do to get there, then it's the wrong way. Not by works of righteousness, which we have done. Has nothing to do with what I do to make me a better person, period. Broad, easy to travel, everybody's going that way. Doesn't take any effort. You can put effort into it, but it doesn't take any. Everybody here? There's room. You can choose your own path. You know, this is, it's interesting because Romans 6.23 essentially says the same thing, doesn't it? For the wages of sin is death. One path. <laughs> but the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. Two different paths. And most people are on the road that leads to death. Destruction. Everybody, listen, if there's room for everyone, and this passage says that Many there be which go there and go there, and guess what? This is the way everyone is going. Well, this is what everybody's doing. It's exactly why we should stop and pause and maybe not do it. Doesn't mean everything that everything that's happening on that thing is wrong, but listen. There are many ways. There are many gods. There are many ways to the top of the mountain. There are many doors, doorways to heaven. There are many pathways to God. I've heard it said I don't know how many different ways at this point, but it, that's the whole idea. It's, it's, that's what the, the idea is. You know, well, you, you should, what's interesting is, it really cracks me up, is that people who are often the most, you know, that are so often saying, well, can't we just all get along? We're all in the same pathway, are the same ones who will about kill their kids if they consider any other doctrine or even possibly think about the fact that there might be a different truth. You hear that? Listen, while I want, while I want my kids, I want them to stay here, I want them to, I want them to be on this pathway, because this is the right pathway, at the same time, if I keep protecting them from everything that everyone else believes and, and don't show them why it's wrong and why, the, why this is right, factually, not because I think so, I'm missing something. If we're not doing that at church, we're missing something. This is what they believe. This is what they say from their website. This is what they teach from their doctrines. This is what they teach, but here's what the Bible says. You know, eventually, I can't dictate what my kids do with their lives. And when we try to do that, what usually happens? Come on now. They rebel. Duh. I really, 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 really want, I mean, I pray for it. I talk to it. I've, I, we've spent prayer time on it. 
But eventually, my kids have to make their own decision, as you have to make your own decision. Every person has to choose for themselves what pathway they're going to be on, what gate they're going to choose. You're going to choose the easy one? Everybody's going this way. This one makes more sense. Are you going to choose the one that's a little harder to find? Interesting how it puts that. In other words, you can walk right by it and miss it completely. I've had conversations with people, like I'm trying to explain to them that our religions are completely different, and they, it's like, whoosh. <laughs> like, totally miss it. No, that, okay, let me try this again. <laughs> Come at this and try this again. Let me, let me try another pathway. Hmm. You know, it's, that's not what the Bible says, though, is it? The Bible says, and I know I'm preaching to the choir here, but I, I want to pay attention. Listen. Listen, I want us to acknowledge this and think about it. I'm going to read you a few verses. So Acts chapter 4. This ought, to be a, this ought to be in your list of memorized verses here, by the way. Acts chapter 4 and verse 12. Neither is there salvation in any other, for there is none other name under heaven given among men whereby we must be saved. And the context is just a few verses before. It's the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. It's the name of Jesus Christ. There is no other name by which you gain entrance to heaven. Period. It's only by the name of Jesus Christ. That means there's only one way. I, I've heard it. I, I heard, was, remember talking to a... Um, I was witnessing to a, to a, a, a Blackfoot, Blackfeet Indian... Um, I think it's Blackfeet. I'm trying to remember now. My brain, I just lost it. But the Blackfeet, Blackfoot, Black. Anyways, well, I know there's a town in Idaho called Blackfoot, but it seems like the tribe is different. But I can't remember. But anyways, so we were on the we were on the reservation. I was witness to a guy, and he says, "No, that's the white man's religion." I was like, "No, no. The first people who had this religion were yellow. <laughs> they weren't white. What? They were e- Asian." They were from the Orient, or you know, the, what we call the Orient now, but back a little different those days. It was like, says, excuse me? He says, yeah, they were Jews. He says, well, I thought this, no, this isn't from England. This isn't English. This isn't from Norway or Germany. This was, this was the Jews. This was over there by the Arabs and those people. We could even say maybe they're brown or olive-skinned, but it wasn't the white man. He's like, really? Yeah. I said, we adopted it because we found it to be true. I said, what I'm presenting to you is truth. You need to listen to the truth, not the whole thing about whether it's a particular race or not. I told him, I said, you see those pictures of Jesus and they show him white and they got, he's got this long, straight, he said, yeah, that's Jesus. I said, no, it's not. Jesus was a Jew. He probably had short, curly hair. Probably did have a beard and he probably was not so much white as he was, you know, Middle Eastern. Right? You just see his face kind of change. You, know, you hear what I'm saying? Listen. When we, when we look at this, we present it. Jesus is the only way. And it frankly doesn't matter what color you are, what race you are, what culture you're from. Jesus is the only way. And that's what it says. There's none other name. And I just want to challenge you here in this room. Don't start thinking that because your neighbor says they're a Christian, that they even know what that means. There are, there are religions right now that call themselves Christian that don't even present by any stretch a God in the flesh named Jesus who went to a cross by pre-design of God from before the foundation of the world. They don't, they don't believe that. That's not, that. By the way, that's not Christian. There has to be Jesus and Jesus only. Nothing else. Plus, not, 
plus nothing, minus nothing. No works. Jesus and Jesus only. How about uh, John 14, 6? You all know that one, right? I am the, the, and the. No man cometh unto the Father but by Jesus. John 14, 6. He is. There is no other way. The only way, listen, the only way is Jesus. He said it. I am the way. Amen. Matter of fact, he's the door of the sheep. Well, that would make him also the gate. <laughs> if you think about that a little bit, I just put that together when I was thinking through it. John 14, 6. How about also, let me, let me look at John in chapter 8. And by the way, these are just three of the verses I could have picked out of many different passages that teach this very same idea. John in chapter 8. John in chapter 8 and verse 24, Jesus, said, Jesus is speaking here, says, I said therefore unto you that ye shall die in your sins, for if ye believe not that I am he, ye shall die in your sins. That's destruction. That's the broad gate, the broad way that leads to destruction. Jesus is the only way. Every other way leads to destruction. It does not, it does not even mean that Jesus has not it's not like Jesus is something you can miss in life, okay? God himself presents himself to all men. I mean, Titus basically says that, that God himself also takes on the job of being a witness and outreach while he also gives that to us. But it's that when humans look at it, it doesn't make sense because it's too hard to understand. It does not make sense. Certainly this would be the easier way. Do you understand that when, listen, when, uh, Paul Washer has it right that a call to follow Christ is not a call to party time. It, it is a call to take up your cross and follow him. It's not just a narrow gate, it's a narrow way. And when people see that, you mean, I have to give up this and that? L- listen, I remember one person, we were talking to him, and I, he says, you mean I'd have to give up my drugs to, to be a believer? I says, well, it'd be a hard thing, I said, but you do have to be willing to. If you're not even willing to give up your drugs, that's not repentance. Well, I'm just not willing to do that. I said, well, let's talk again later. I'm not going to lead him to say some prayer when he's not even willing to give up the sin that Christ died for. I'm not saying he can give it up. He can't give it up without Christ, but if there's not an understanding that I have got to turn away from that completely and turn to this completely... And then so people have been presented with, with, the, with the Bible and Scripture and understand, I'd, like, you know what, when, when you're at the point where you're so, when you're so sick of yourself that you're willing to do anything, let's talk. Because then you'll find hope in Jesus. Amen. Now it's interesting, this calls, it's called the narrow way, and it says, few there be that find it, but it does not say that there isn't room for all. As a matter of fact, we do know there is room for all, don't we? For God so loved the world, amen, that whosoever, amen, whosoever, anybody who wants to, there is room. Matter of fact, listen, the price is paid for everyone, everyone of all time. There's, there is room for all. It's just not room for all of your own beliefs. It's only one way, and it's his way. There's room for all. It may only be one at a time, if you will. And you know, can we just be truthful? Is that God's people through history, and I'm not saying that this, 
This means we've got to seek to be some strange little outcast group in the corner. That's not what I'm saying. But God's people throughout history have almost always been a remnant, a small group. We're living in a time in history right now that's unprecedented. The whole idea of the United States and the ability to have this amount of freedom and sending out, uh, I think even, even now the United States is still responsible for sending out more than 80% of all missionaries in the world. The, go- the, the primary gospel outreach for the world comes from the United States. Now that's declining drastically and increasing from other places, but this is unusual in history. Thank the Lord for it that we have this that we have this opportunity I think we should use, but there is room for all, but will everyone come? No. Everyone will not come. I have talked to people literally where I could see in their mind, in their heart, conviction. They knew the truth of what I was saying. It was clear as a bell. You could ask them every question, and they were returning the proper answers with conviction. You could see God was just like, you need to come, you need to come. And them saying, I, 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 don't, I, want, I don't want to do this. I can't do this. I don't, I, don't, I don't want to do this. And it's not my job to talk them into it. That's, the Holy Spirit does that work. I don't want to talk them into saying some prayer to make me happy. He's got to deal with God himself. Amen. Not all will come. Few there be that find it. Now, it's interesting. It can be found. It can be found, right? Amen. You found it. Hello, Aunt Answer out here. Acts chapter 5. Then Peter and the other apostles answered and said, We ought to obey God rather than men. Amen. You can find it. You can choose it. There is a way. You can, this way can be found for those who will search for it. Matter of fact, the Bible says, Those who follow after me I will in no wise cast out. The idea being that those who are seeking for God, they're, they're not going to be turned aside. Matter of fact, God's going to open up doors for them. I had an opportunity just this last week to be able to witness to someone who basically was telling me that God had been, they had been seeking God and God had been opening up pathways for them. And, and when I'm sitting there, I'm, I'm listening to what they were saying, assuming that they're a Christian, and then asking them directly a simple question. If you get to heaven, and I would, answer, I would ask you all to consider the same question. Let's just create a hypothetical you get to heaven and God meets you at the door and says, why should I let you into my heaven? What would your answer be? And the look on this person's face was instant shock. Like, I, I have no idea. I mean, I'm trying to be a good person. And it was somebody I could hear, you could hear in their voice that they were, they were seeking God and they were coming after it and God was opening doors but they still hadn't, like Cornelius, that Peter had to go preach to, they were following after God and they were devout, but they, had, they still lacked something. What? The gospel of Jesus Christ. And so I had the opportunity to present the gospel to this person who, who the whole time was calling themselves a Christian, were on, the, on this coming to it. They, it was something they were beginning to look for, and God was like, come on, come on. And I believe, honestly, I'm praying right now that person chooses to accept Christ because it was like, it was like the pinnacle of this realization. You see this epiphany in their mind. Listen, there is only one way. It's, it's, and the straight means it's hard to travel. It takes effort and thought. You don't just get to do whatever I want. There's a master that you submit to. I love the picture of the, 
the, we always, we get so anti-slavery that we miss scripture sometimes. You understand that Jewish, the Jewish people did not have slavery like we had slavery prior to the Civil War and, and even after. They, they gave themselves to another master because, because of finances. It wasn't like they got jerked in. <laughs> you come work for me now. No, they gave themselves to another person saying, I cannot take care of my family and I need to find some other income for a while so that I can regain and take care of my bills and pay for my family. So they would submit themselves to slavery. Well, what would happen was sometimes, and I don't know if you know this or not, this is not a bad thing, the person who submitted themselves to another master would so fall in love with that master. And I don't mean that weirdly. I'm just saying there was a good person. They're working for a good person. Like, this is a, this is, I, I, you know what? I'm okay. I, would, I could live my life right here with this guy just, just serving him. And he would say that, and they would, they, say, they would take them to the door, to the door frame of the house, and they would drive a hole through their ear, and it would be voluntary. Voluntary. This was not done. This was not done like, ha, that's what we're going to do. It was, they would take him and drive a hole through the air, and it was that man who was getting the hole in his ear saying, I will serve this man forever. And listen, we need to understand that when we get on this way, it's not freedom to do whatever I want. That's the broad way. The narrow way is I give up whatever I want so that I can, I, I, want, I want not this mark, but this mark on me that says I will serve him forever. I love my master what he says is what I will do. Listen, that's the narrow way. The narrow way. There is only one way. Not just a little bit towards Christians. It can be found with searching. It's not an easy one to travel. There's, <clears throat> and by the way, there's only room, which we've said before, there's only room for one way. You don't get to do your way, and I get to do my way, and we both get to heaven. No, there's only one. And we'll just look at a few verses here. So John in chapter 10 Some of these are repeats, but it's still, it's, it's good to say. John in chapter 10, go down to verse 9. I, Jesus says, I am the door. By me, if any man enter in, he shall be saved and shall go in and out and find pasture. In other words, guess what? If we're all in the same way, we're all serving the same Jesus, we're going to run into each other. There's only one way. There's only one way. It's only by Jesus Christ. It is absolutely only, only through Him. So let me see if... I'm going to turn to another passage here real quick in 1 Timothy. First oh. Timothy, again, chapter 2, verse 5. For there is one God and one mediator between God and men, the man, Christ Christ. Jesus. He's it. He's it. Christ Jesus. Well, my religion doesn't talk about Christ Jesus. Then it's not the right religion. Well, I believe, our religion believes that Jesus Christ, you know, he was a good, he was a good man, but he was not God. Then it's the wrong religion. Well, 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 we believe that Jesus was a very great prophet and did some really good things and had some power from God, but he was not God. Then it's not, it's not, it's the wrong religion. 
well, I understand that you say this Jesus thing, but you know, uh, there's some other religions that teach people to be good, and I'm, I'm still being good, and, and I'm okay with that. No, that's the wrong religion. Well, I do believe that Jesus was God, and I do believe that, you know, that Jesus died on the cross, uh, but I also believe that you have to keep living a good life after that to make sure that you stay on that pathway. No, I'm sorry, that's the wrong religion. There, isn't, there is no Jesus plus something. There is no Jesus minus something. It is Jesus and Jesus only. Either we trust in Jesus or you go to hell. You go to the destruction, the broad way. There is only one pathway. Narrow, difficult to be entered. It's not an obvious thing. Well, what does that mean, it's not obvious? You know, it's funny, how many people I've sat down with and you start asking them these questions you start, and you start saying things like, okay, so how are you going to get to heaven? Well, I'm just trying to be a good person. And inevitably, I'm telling you, if you've heard me say this before, you say, okay, well, what do you have to do to be a good person? What are those things that you have to do to make sure you get to heaven? And inevitably, they all say the same thing. They talk about going to church, reading your Bible, praying, Given money, okay, and there was one other one I forget now, but it's five things. Always the same five things. Because man, listen, man always runs to penance. Always runs to penance. Oh, I hurt my friend. What am I going to buy to make that up? Oh, I've offended my wife. Time to make a run to Arlene's. That's the flower shop in town, if you didn't know that. Get on Amazon and order some Ghirardelli. Man runs to penance. That's, it's natural for us because we think, listen, because I'm the one that messed up, I'm the one that has to fix it up. That's, that's universal for all mankind. It doesn't matter what culture you're in. It doesn't matter... What, what age you were in, it doesn't matter. You hear me? I mean, it's the natural thing. for you, you still find yourself, even those of you who are believers, you still find yourself doing it. Oh, I shouldn't have said that. I should come with a gift to try to make it up. Not that it's wrong to bring gifts, but you understand, penance is not the way to heaven. There is nothing you can do to offset the wrong that you've done to gain heaven. It can, it, it, it's only through Jesus, the sacrifice of Jesus. There's not one good thing you can do to add to the work that Christ did on the cross. It is not obvious because man doesn't think along the lines of it's something that you can't do. You can't do it. Well, don't tell me I can't do it. I'm sorry, you can't do it. And when you finally come to the point where you realize, I don't know what to do, I've got the right way for you. Let me lead you to the straight gate. Let me lead you to Jesus Christ. There is one way, one God, and Jesus is God, and Jesus is the Savior. And it's the only way, period. The only way, Jesus. So I would ask you the same question. Let me read a verse here before I get too far. Make sure I'm... this. I would ask you the same question. Same question that I spent about 40, 45 minutes talking to a person, thinking, in my mind, thinking this person is a believer. 
called themselves a Christian. They said they went to church. And by all, by all outward signs, it looked like that until I asked this question. And I'll ask you the same question. Listen, listen. And this is just hypothetical. This is not how this is going to work. I'm just giving you a hypothetical that reveals the truth of the Scripture. If you were to get to heaven and God stood at the door and said, why should I let you into my heaven? What would your answer be? Because there is only one answer that gains entrance to heaven. And it has nothing to do with you and your goodness or your badness. That's it. Listen, 1 John chapter 2, verse 2. And He, Jesus, is the propitiation for our sins, and not for ours only, but also for the sin of the whole world. That's a wonderful word. That it's a big old word that we don't hardly ever use. Propitiation is a, is, a, is a word of replacement. Propitiation meaning that, that I can't make it into heaven because I'm a sinner, right? And as a sinner, I have to, there has to be a payment made. And the only payment that even comes close to satisfying God's justice is an eternity in hell. In other words, we can't do it. And so Jesus came to earth to take our punishment. Now, I don't know how God worked that between him and them. I can tell you this. I don't think it was light stuff. When I just look at my life and the payment that I might have to pay before God, and God just didn't replace me, He replaced you, and 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 your grandparents, and your great-grandparents, and their great-great-grandparents, and their great-great-grandparents, and your kids, and your grandkids, and your great-great-great-grandkids, and all of them. I want you to think that when Jesus was on the cross, literally, I don't know how else, because He's God, He has the ability to do this. We can't understand it. But God has the ability, He didn't just generally take our sins. Otherwise, it would not be appropriate. It would not be a satisfactory punishment. He had to take it in specific. Every sin has to be paid for. I, I, I can't, you, you know how they say, we, funny, we just talked about this last night. They say, like, if you're going to die, your life flashes before your eyes. You understand that when Jesus was about to die, your life flashed before his eyes. And my life flashed before his eyes. And Jesus, knowing, knowing every wickedness that every one of us would ever commit, willingly took the guilt for that upon himself and paid that price before God Almighty. And I'm going to tell you, he was dead and buried. God himself in the flesh died as part of that punishment. Yeah, the Bible says essentially that God turned his back on, his, on himself. But God also says that three days later, he arose. And he ascended back to heaven to retain, to regain his place at the right hand of God. Now, that's interesting. Why would God allow that? Because he accepted 
the payment. If he didn't accept the payment, Jesus would still be in the grave over there in Jerusalem somewhere. Listen, (laughs) there's only one way. One way. One way. Listen, I want to be real clear here. Don't tell me about some experience you had at some real religious time. That's great, you had an experience. I'm sorry, an experience does not get you to heaven no matter how emotional it was. Period. Well, it just felt really, that's great, it felt. Listen, if it was, if it was real salvation time, great. If you did not deal with your sin and Jesus on the, Christ, on the cross paying for your sin and your recognition of it, your experience is worthless. For heaven, for heaven, heaven's sakes, l- listen, I just watched, my, our family, we just watched the new Pinocchio, the real-life Pinocchio. I hadn't been watching that stupid movie for two minutes, and I'm over here going, I'm not crying, you're crying, I'm not crying. And it's a stupid story. It was an emotional moment over nothing. A story that's inconsequential, that won't even be remembered in heaven. Do you hear what I'm saying? So don't be careful about your experiences. Emotions can be great, great liars. Here's, have you dealt with Jesus? Have you understood, for the wages of sin is death. But the gift of God What's the gift of God? For God so loved the world, He gave His only Son to die on Calvary's tree, from sin to set me free. Praise the Lord. That's the only way. That is the, it's the only way. Well, how do, I, how do I accept that way? Romans 10 is as clear as a bell. Well, I think John 3.16 is not too far off the mark. Whosoever believeth in Him. Romans 10 that if thou shalt confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus and shalt believe in thine heart that God hath raised him from the dead. You understand, that means that my payment was with Jesus and God accepted that payment through Jesus Christ. And my only hope is this. There's a birth date in my life, literal day that I cried and, or I'm, the doctor slapped me and I cried. And then there's going to be the day when death takes me and everybody else cries. There's a timeline, right? The dash. Somewhere in the middle, there needs to be a point. Not some random wishy-washy warmth. Somewhere in there, there has to be a, a, a point where you were faced with your sin and understood that it was you that God said, you're a sinner. There's payment to be made by you And Jesus took that payment. And you said, I confess. (laughs) God, I'm not trusting in the broad way anymore. I'm not trusting in just hoping. I'm not trusting in just thinking maybe. 1 John 5, these things are written that ye may know that ye have eternal life. 1 John 5, 13, go look it up. Not a hope so. And I stood before God and said, God, I have nothing to offer. There is nothing good in my life, period. There's not the rest of my life any goodness that I can do to make this up. I can only say, 
I am putting my whole hope and faith in Jesus Christ's payment for me on the cross. Nothing else. One way. There has to be a point in your life when you, when you look to God and there was an understanding of the truth, an acceptance of it, a confession of it, a belief in it. And after that, you're in God's hands. And I don't know if you know it or not, but once you get in God's hands, ain't nobody getting you out. I, people say, well, I, what if I choose to lose it? You, you, like, you can pry God's fingers open? You're, you're good at that? You think you got that much strength? No, no. Once you're saved, you're in God's hands. He got it. One way. One way. It's narrow. Listen, I challenge you. I challenge everyone in the room, just because you're a member of a Baptist church or you come to this church for years and years and years, look at your salvation. Because there's a lot of people, on, a lot of people on the Broadway thinking, I'm good. What's wrong? I look like everybody else around here. It's not enough. One way, narrow way. Are you a believer? Not just in some wishy-washy, warm, fuzzy picture of some Jesus guy, but a Jesus who paid for your sin in particular that should have sent you to hell and you chose to deny the Broadway way of doing things and say, I found the narrow way. It might may not be the best from here, but God, whatever your will is, I give up my will and I yield to you. Wow. I'm telling you, you'll never be disappointed at that. Never, never be disappointed. There's only one way. Listen, I'm going to encourage you. We're going to have, as a matter of fact, I'm going to ask if you would come to the piano. Uh, Brother Luke, if you wouldn't mind coming and getting ready to sing. I'm going, to, I'm going to ask you, every person in the room, examine yourselves. Examine yourselves. There's nothing wrong with examining your own salvation. Not a thing wrong with that. Not a thing wrong. Have you come to Christ, not through your own works, through your own ability, but only through Jesus Christ and his death, burial, and resurrection on the cross, and your letting go of your way and trusting only in his? Amen. Amen. <laughs> It's a wonderful thing to think about. Jesus died for me. For me. So I'm going to encourage you when the piano, we're going to have a word of prayer when the piano begins to play. Uh, Christians pray. And if you have any question whatsoever, please come. Let's have, we'll have somebody sh- make sure. Some of you don't need any help. You know what the right way is. I just gave it to you. We'll have somebody help you. Make sure you're right in your salvation. Amen. Father, Lord, thank you.